Welcome to the Tiny Plastic People podcast, the podcast about tiny plastic people. We paint with them, we play with them, and we want to tell you why we think that's great. So, I'm joined today by JD. Hello. By Rogue Michael. Hello. Should this be called Mid-Morning Miniatures? You look very partridgian. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid that's genetic, uh, and I cannot help I'm it. I'm terribly sorry. Carry on. <laughs> and aha, the swordfish. <laughs> Hello. And I'm Pete, aka Fianya from Discord. Um, yeah, so I guess the first things first, which is uh, what have we been hobbying? Tom, do you want to get start with that? Sure, I can take us away with that one. Uh, I so I've been uh, I've mostly been doing stuff for the Heresy since that came out. I think this will be a bit of a theme. Uh, with at least three of us. Yes. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, so I have been painting Imperial Fists still. I feel like that's my answer a lot of times when I get asked what I've done on the podcast. I did a Cardasaur as mm. well. Nice little dino um, break. Just for, just for break, yeah. Uh, and managed to get in some games of Heresy as well, which was oh, awesome. Um, I am really enjoying the new rules. How how did you uh, find the uh, games like in terms of like differences from Heresy One? There's there's some stuff to get used to. There's mm. uh, in particular, I think the lethality has has shot up a bit with yeah, the things like breaching reactions. As well. Yeah, reactions giving you a whole extra shoot. Mm. Uh, Overwatch now being a full full normal shooting phase uh it's definitely i want to come back to it and make a judgment on how well i think it works after i stop being a fucking <laughs> idiot about it and and getting myself shot falling for the most obvious traps possible because they're traps that i could do as well <laughs> um yeah. so when i stopped doing that maybe i'll feel differently about it but i i really do like it so far yeah it definitely feels a bit more interactive which i think can only be a good thing um, in terms yes. of not just sort of sitting on your hands for a whole half of any given gaming experience. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Michael, how are you hobbying? I have. <laughs> I, I, I felt compelled. Victory. <laughs> yeah, I felt compelled to answer that I have before, you know, <laughs> supposing to say how it's been going. It's not a given. <laughs> Talking to someone. Last couple of days, and they're like, "Oh yeah, after painting like a hundred models in two days, they're like, oh, I get really burnt out and don't paint for like a month.' It's like, That's barely a pause. I'd not notice. Um, but yeah, That's just an intake of breath. At the last run row, I played some Necromunda. I used one of Axo's gangs, the, the Orlocks, and I had good fun with that. Um, was like, I definitely want to be able to join in these in future. Uh, and then yeah. the squats came out the Ironhead squats and mm. they're really fun. I really like the Votan as well, but I'm not getting a 40k army. That's just not not feasible. Not <laughs> happening. Um, but the squats, that's manageable. Like six to ten models. Yeah. Um, ten guys. Ten little guys. I threatened to not be able to get even that pitiful project across the line and I think the only reason <laughs> I did, I did manage to get my squats moving again, is the fact that I bought another game and couldn't really justify it. I mean, I could have just mm. about justified it to myself, but explaining <laughs> it to Alex, who, Alex, my wife, is absolutely fine with me hobbying and stuff, 
But when I've said, oh, I'm picking these up, they're a quick gang, I'll paint them, I've got them specifically to take <laughs> to events. And then before I finish those, I'm saying, this is yeah. 0200 hours, it's a little game, it's not many models, I've bought it to go and play at events. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she's got you banged to rights when she says what about the first one yeah she didn't have to because I'd already played this out and realised my you know I realised where it goes so yeah hurriedly got my squats moving again uh, and they're a fun little gang I've built some of them exactly per the instructions and when I posted a picture of one of them Rich was like oh that I pose it's brilliant it's like that is straight from the box art um <laughs> good job going to workshop designers yeah turns out know what they're doing but then a couple of the guys i've taken some caradron overlord bits for um mm. so i made my own version of the suspenser to make the heavy weapons uh not unwieldy uh so those are the little well they're actually mines like floating mines from ko yes but yes they look like balloons so i've used those as like kind of like a balancing thing for the guns um and they've you know got various like switches and extra stuff on them and then i've made two of them um we had this discussion about i was a bit i'd made all of my in game as having carabase armor and you cannot get many yes. with that because it's ludicrously expensive it's more yes. expensive than the ganga by far yeah. and it's yes. pro it, probably more expensive than they can um and people were saying oh you've done that wrong and they're like, oh, that's literally the one bit of Necromunda that isn't WYSIWYG. We told you everything was WYSIWYG, right. but that bit, you just have to, you know, yeah. give them the thing that's right in the game. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. okay, fine. You know what you're talking about. Working this morning is not fine, is it? It's not fine. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buy some Fire Slayers from a bit site. Um, Hell yeah. Chop them up, whittle their arms down, chop some arms off, um, squats, uh, whittle those glue it all together so i've now got two basically naked squats yeah. uh running around with their stub pistols and one of them's got They're absolutely my favorite he's got <laughs> such a cocky pose he's like oh, come on bring it like, you are not when you say more or less naked and cocky pose oh, uh... i forgot who i was talking to exactly exactly um yeah so i've done those and i uh done them in a style where like the materials aren't very uh like shaded or highlighted they're just like basic and contrasted on but then each model's colored in with a couple of bright colors in contrast um to sort of evoke like neon lighting and sort of mm. the point thing um yeah i wanted them to look right messy and concept arty so that's gone really well um yeah so i'm happy with those they're nearly finished get those done um and then when my little World War Two soldiers arrive, I can do those. But I've already started getting MDF ter terrain, building little farmhouses and stuff. Oh, it's good. Somehow incredibly exciting and something that we will return to later in the show. <laughs> JD, what have you been hobbying? Uh, been relatively hobby light, but I have actually done some stuff, um, mostly because it's just been really fucking hot. Like it's just, it's just been really uncomfortable, and I I struggle to do many things when I'm hot, and painting is definitely one of them. Like when you've got paint on the wet palette, and it dries at about the same rate as it would if it was on a not wet palette, you know that it's not great. Um, but I did I picked up see the the uh, Dark Oath Savages for Warcry, um, kind of to play Warcry with them, 
because it's been a long time since I played Warcry, but also um, for my Slaves to Darkness, with them getting a new book at the end of the year, right? Um, I want to bulk out the sort of Marauder side of my uh, army a little bit with uh, some Warcry weirdos that are painted to match the rest of the army. Um, and yeah, so that, that's the idea, is that these guys are alongside my Dark Oath chieftain, who I already have, and they're his, his warband. But yeah, that's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not using any contrast for skin, because it turns out painting skin not with contrast is really fun and looks really good. I mean, the contrast skin colours are really good. Like, I do really like them, but yeah, it's, it's nice to just sort of put a bit more attention into them, especially because they're like yeah. 10 models. Like, it's not super, super time-consuming. Um, Find skin is one of those things that is the few things that I feel somewhat confident and competent at actually trying to do blending with, because I'm, I'm not a capable blender. Yeah, like, I mean, like, so one thing I've been doing recently, like with all models that I've painted recently, um, like my Stormcast and stuff, is that if they've got a face, like not just a helmet, I'll put like extra, I want to get better at doing faces and doing eyes mm. and things. And with Stormcast, that's kind of easy because I've gone for a, I've committed to a, uh, all, all, anyone in my Stormcast who has their, um, who's not wearing a helmet has like glowing lightning eyes. And that's, mm. that's easier to do than actually putting like, you know, Pupils. a pupil in, you know? Honestly, for most like human-sized faces, I just do the whites, and it doesn't really register if you're like further than very close to the model. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's I've I've put pupils on some Space Marines, and that with varying success. But yeah, I think with these guys, they're so tiny. Like, well, some of them are fairly hench, but like, there's like a mm. a shaman Little type face. character who's with them. Who is absolutely tiny, but just to make myself make life a little bit easier for myself, I chose the head option that has like no eyes. Like there's ah. there's one there's one where the eyes have been like put out, and also just because it's nice to paint a gross thing occasionally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've I've got some Stormcast still to finish because I'm going to Throne of Skulls um, at the end of the month with a pal, and a, a bunch of our pals are going to that as well. So that's going to be a good weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm taking a, a Stormcast list that has some stuff in it that I've not painted yet. So yeah, I've got three Annihilators to do, and I've got to finish a, a Wizard, and that's about it. Awesome. I mean, yeah, so per, for my personal hobby, it's been 30k all day. I've been painting a hell of a lot of Sons of Horus. So I got the um, uh, the Age of Darkness box when it came out, obviously. I was never not going to get that. Uh, and then I think I've painted all of it bar... 10 marines as sons of horus and most of those are done now so I can tick that box off the list uh i did also i played a game at warham world this weekend of 30k against the alpha legion who absolutely wrecked my entire day um <laughs> they're very very good uh heaps of fun i agree with you tom like the reaction system is super good um but I also picked up a cheeky bit of resin whilst whilst I was in Nottingham. May as well, right? Uh, so I am, as we speak, painting a little man with a banner because it turns out they're really good in the new heresy rules because they make an extra unit able to score objectives, which is quite useful in a lot of missions. It's the like generic Sons of Horus banner mm -hmm, bearer, mm -hmm. right? That's such a cool fucking Yeah. Game. 
They ab- absolutely knocked it out of the park with that one. The only other Legion-specific banner bearer is the Imperial Fist, and he is dull as shit. <laughs> Alas, a more tribal man would say, stands to reason, because he's an Imperial Fist. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! But I would never say that. I would never. Um, I actually don't remember what that guy looks like, to be fair. Maybe that speaks to how distinctive yeah. it is. I do, I do have the um, the non Legion banner guy for my Blood Angels, and I I don't rate that guy particularly highly because uh, I couldn't fit on my big transfer of Sanguinius onto the banner, so it clearly sucks. Yeah, I thought about how to how to do a Herald for my own Legion and. Probably what I'm gonna do is give the custodies banner mm. to a cataphract. Yeah, I think that'll work really well because the the whole eagle motif fits in with imperial yeah. fits really, really nicely. I think. Yeah, and it means that I don't need to either do some big freehand mm. or stick a transfer yeah. over something free-handed because like like i said i'm looking at the forge world mm. imperial fist banner bearer guy right now and it looks like a transfer on on a yellow square nice. it's it's not it's not the worst of it but i am aware that i would look at it i would look at my version of it and think this is not as good as I want, but I can't do better. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I get you. you know, which which is a really horrible place to be, and I think in the, you know, I, I have reached the limits of my abilities, and it's on the big centerpiece guy. Uh, so no, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a piece that I can just yeah. paint in a metal yeah. color. Yeah, and it'll, it'll, it'll look really good, I think. Cool. So let's move on to topics. Let's start with you, Tom. What have you got for us to discuss today? So the question I considered, I, f- I could have sworn we'd done this one before, but apparently not. I got the go-ahead to go with it. Well, as my as my last podcast appearance proves, having had something happen before is no no impediment to simply just forgetting and then saying it again. So <laughs> sorry, Crunchy. <laughs> so my question is is for you folks: What does your like? your dream event look like if you got to be the person realize i'm saying this to people who have been in charge of events but if you got to be the person in charge of a big event and have all the other players as the puppets dancing on your <laughs> strings what would you what would you set up what would your big day of hobby be oh, you're giving me anxiety this question starts as like, oh, what's your dream event look like? And then goes and then into, you you've got to organise it, it, pal. Everyone's weekend's on the line. They're going to be furious. Okay, okay, You're not you going to sleep. Let's... It's not even real. <laughs> like, what's the, what's the equivalent of like a hobby stag weekend where you just get to tell somebody else to do the yeah. work of setting it up? Yeah, that's a good you point, get to actually. give the instructions and then you get somebody else to do yeah because my, my stag do was a brewery tour and then board games in a pub beer garden until we went back to the accommodation and played board games uh, but yeah my mate had to organize <laughs> it so hell yeah okay so that but miniatures i guess <laughs> yeah so if i can yes. yeah. you know effortlessly bend the will of someone to run this tournament for me um and why not okay. yeah. yeah i think that's in my wheelhouse yeah okay yeah <laughs> 
I think for me it's a narrative event, but not one with a big story necessarily. For me, my favourite wargaming is I've turned up, I have a little bit of an idea of who these people are, maybe. They're red. Um, but what I'm going to find interesting about them is the stuff that comes out of playing games with them. Uh, and I want to mm. be able to make suboptimal decisions and it not just be costly. Um, and maybe my opponent right. reciprocates um, and I want to be able to make rules up. Um, got a bunch of that at Whitney Warhammer, which, Tom, I think you went to the year before, the last year, and I went to it yes. this year. Um, and like, yeah, so I got this thing that like, my Liberator Primes were trying to be heroes which involved getting the rest of their unit killed and then acting like a hero and so that ended up with liberator prime fighting a bloodthirster so my opponent was like oh she can have a heroic action like she can have her finest hour like um because that fits yeah. into that and that's not something you do in a competitive event like i'd been to brotherhood the week before and i had lovely yes. casual yeah lovely fun games played in a really nice atmosphere no one was winning at all costing around each other but you wouldn't do something like that. Um, mm. You wouldn't just play around the system and use the system as a basis. You'd only play up to the right. lines. So for me, it's that. And then, um, you know, something happened with my Lord Relictor when no one was looking. He prayed at an ancient altar and um, something happened and there was blood. Um, so at the next Whitney Warhammer, there's something will happen and I'll be able to tell people like, oh, this is a thing and maybe he'll get to do something special. So for me, it's just very... It's not open play, GW open play, but you know it's just it's pretty open and narrative in that yes. sense. Yeah, U using yeah wargaming as a framework to sort of telling a story and having a good time. Yeah. So my only requirement for the event would be everyone be exactly like-minded to me, <laughs> <laughs> because it probably wouldn't have much structural barriers, or maybe it does, and I need right. other people to care about those and play within that. Like you know, there are other people picking where we went, and I was just like, yeah, I'll oh, yeah. go, and I'll just have a laugh with my opponent and see yeah. how quickly I can get all my models killed. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it works if everyone's doing that, but that would be the dream. I think I'm I'm along very similar lines, to be honest. Like, um, I think I I would like a big story at my narrative event, but not as a not as a like. Uh, not as a way to railroad railroad players. Um, more as just like a hang your cool little stories that happen in game off this framework, basically. Mm, Contextualize. Um, yeah, ex yeah, ex that's that's exactly it. Like I like having the little cool moments that come out of games, but I do like yeah, exactly to be able to contextualize that within a broader narrative. Um, it is something I've been thinking about because I am trying. Well, have been trying to, to figure out. The, the bones of a, a kill team narrative event um, that will feed into, ideally would feed into a, a later 40k narrative event. Um, right. And I've, I've sent Pete the event pack for this that I've been working on to like get his opinion and stuff. And it's, um, yeah, yeah, I, I want cool it to be, you've come up with. yeah, I want it to be quite loose. Like, um, like you say, being, yeah, being able to bend the rules slightly to facilitate cool things happening is i think pretty key to to it um for my enjoyment like i think you get i don't want to get those moments where it's like well it'd be really cool if this thing happened but because of the way the rules interact and because of um with the optimal decision or whatever it's not going to work out like that like um yeah that's the sort of thing i i like to avoid 
really. Because mm-hmm. um, it does, it takes the wind out of your sails a little bit to have like, this is a cool thing to have. This would be a cool thing to happen, but it can't happen. Like, um, it's a, it's a, like for, it's a problem that I've, you know. But for example, bumped into in like D and D fifth edition is that you want if you want to have your cool edgy assassin, uh, you can't because it doesn't work like because the the combat system in in that game doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, like I said, yeah, exactly. It's but yeah, very similar to RM's, um, or Michael's idea is that yeah a narrative event it would have to be it wouldn't be a comp thing um yeah yeah just yeah where you can be a bit looser with how the game fits together and come up with interesting ways to sort of bend it a little bit around a cool narrative yeah yeah i guess i guess my answer is probably going to be a bit of a a cheesy one but um oh no my my answer is anyone where i get to play with my friends well, no, I mean, that is, that is oh, was it not even that? My answer oh, is. No, no. Oh, shit. But, <laughs> I mean, as, as somebody who's organized, I think, most Rumro events that we that we do on our server, um, I guess I quite like them. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I would just like to do more. Um, I, I, think, I think one thing that I would love to improve is, like, having more of a structure for people getting games because the the typical way our our events go is we book a venue people turn up and then maybe some people have organized in advance oh i'll play you on wednesday and you on friday or whatever uh i mean literally always on a weekend i don't know why i said those days but um (laughs) uh first day i'm just not yeah exactly yeah have a have a have a day of rest thursday the day of rest friday i'm in Um, love (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no i think i think a thing that i could improve with this is having some kind of system for people organizing games in advance i'm really not sure how i would do that because it's it, unless it's like very strict yeah. which is what i've done for the upcoming 30k event where i've literally matched yes. everyone together and saying you're playing this person in the morning x you know the other person in the evening and I don't think that would necessarily fit um, uh, a rollout event because they're they're quite open yeah. and social and you know don't have the the iron hand of some sort of thirty k player mentality behind it. But um, <laughs> there, there must be a better way. Is basically what I'm driving at. Yes. Yeah, I understand. Um, it's definitely you can definitely end up in situations where you're just like the the last person wandering yes. around you're having a you're having a perfectly pleasant time yeah but, yeah um, but you don't you don't want to be the yeah. the the ghost at the ball the uh <laughs> and i i, I think the yes. part of the problem with what i want to happen is sometimes people do want to drift around for like a few hours and, yes and there needs to be space to accommodate that as well yeah basically somebody needs to build an app where you can opt in and out at will <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically like grinder but for warhammer <laughs> i should do those um my brother went to a university party that where everybody wore a bracelet with a color that indicated Ooh. like single single and single and up for it uh, in a relationship <laughs> uh, something like that where you wear wear a bracelet of a color saying looking for a uh-huh. game 
not looking yeah. for a game. So, so basically, at the next at the next event, we have to. It has to basically be a traffic light party. If you if you have a handkerchief in your right pocket, it's forty k. <laughs> your left pocket, it's AOS. That's yeah. Okay. So I, I, I imagine people listening will know the context of these, but if anyone doesn't, these are not multi hundred people events with strangers. These are broadly yes. events with people who mostly all know each other, um, and there's not all that many. I feel yeah. like. This is massively over-engineered and oh, scary as rather than just walking are. up to somebody and saying, "Would you want to? Do you want to play a game of AOS with me, please?" Yeah, which like, is that, terrifying. You know, but... <laughs> but the alternative, whilst making obscene yeah. gestures yeah. with your hands, yeah, I'm stood in a corner with like a red handkerchief in my pocket, going, "I've just been ignored," and I bought a handkerchief. Looking into this. <laughs> Wait, does the red does the red handkerchief mean Warcry or Kill Team? What if? What if there's like an abacus? And there's each of our faces oh, on, the, on each bead of the abacus. Bingo machine. Right. Bingo machine and I'm back Oh, in. yeah. Yeah, okay. And then you get matched with somebody who only has 30k and suddenly there's a real weird game happening. Which I'd be massively up for. Open yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open play. Stormcast versus Nightlords. Go. <laughs> How about you, Tom? What's your ideal event? Uh, I really loved the Apocalypse game mm. we played uh, that one time. I'm not... Uh, I'm... You know, the Apocalypse system itself is fine. Oh! I actually think low-key, uh, low-key, really... low-key, really good rule set. Basically just because it's epic, but... The I other Tom it. is yeah, running towards a... his microphone right now. He <laughs> <laughs> said it's only fine. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> There's a part there's a part for me that really misses the granularity of 40k yeah, I get that, to be fair. on a large scale but I really I really do understand that uh it's a fairly niche requirement to want to play really serious Warhammer for 19 hours in a row <laughs> um so I won't go too hard on that one uh but there was a there was a white dwarf they've probably done this several times but the one I remember was the white dwarf for the release of the stomper mm-hmm. so if you've got access to the warhammer vault it might well mm. be in there so check it out but they did a multi-table apocalypse game with um a a table of the uh the main orc assault on an imperial mm-hmm. city and uh secondary tables for other fights going on around the same planet and each side because there was just the orc team and the imperial team had uh, a certain amount of reserves that they could put wherever they wanted and uh, a single grand commander and the two commanders played a much smaller game on a satellite orbiting Ah. the planet and could shoot lasers (laughs) down at it Um, I would love to be involved in one of those I would love to uh put loads of stuff on the board in a big group of people and it, and do stuff like assign reserves to a specific mm. battle force or something like battlefield 2 um, who remembers that no one <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that sounds really cool i think um having that like interactivity yeah. between tables and stuff is uh 
Like it's I think it's hard to do it well, but when it is done well, it works like and it's 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 really satisfying. It's it's something I it's something I very much like the idea of. Um like I've got there's a weird like I have this weird compulsion to be part of things where like uh I am just a small part of something greater. Like mm. there's I don't, there's some there's some weird like intrinsic appeal of that to me. Well, like the communists in you, JD. Yeah, but like <laughs> <laughs> I have like it's, it's I mean the the video game analog of it is Battlefield, right? Where like right the, you have this Who cool, remembers Battlefield too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have this cool moment like where you know you do something really awesome and kick ass, and but it doesn't have like a broad impact on like the rest of what's going on around you. Like, I, I don't know, there's something cool about that to me. Like, um, you know, you get the moment where the the biplane crashes in front of you and it looks really cool and you know mm. that was somebody else's cool moment. Like, I don't know, there's just something... And yeah, be, being part of that in like a 40k or AOS context is really cool. And like, yeah, the ability to have games influenced by other games that are happening around you or like, think just anything like that just really sparks joy to me mm. yeah like to to send off to a supreme commander and say hey can i have some reinforcements please and then somebody comes over to your table with a few drop pods full of ultramarines or whatever and goes here you go deploy these as you wish um, one one this makes me remember the minis monthly meetup yep. that we had in Cardiff, yeah, and I think that was yes. an instance yeah. an instance of it done really well and also an instance where it kind of chimes i think with your uh, preferences RM where it was quite freeform and like for example I was having a game Skaven against Stormcast and Dwarves and at one point like three turns in or whatever a bloody was it a Star Drake just came crashing through the ceiling of our um, fell through the ceiling yeah, into your game and, <laughs> and you know joined joined the uh, the Stormcast side <laughs> halfway through and then flew off again yeah. So yeah, no, that was quite fun. Whereas I was playing Chimp, and if Nagash won that, he got <laughs> to go and join the big table right. with the hosts. Um, and we got to the point where he was clearly going to win the game. So I said, "Well, do you want to go and take Nagash?" And then, you know, in between your turns over there, we so I basically I called the game, and then yeah, we both yeah. agreed that we wanted to keep playing if we could. Mm-hmm. So we kept playing a bit without Nagash on the table, and well. While he was able to, which is nice, he was doing his thing. Yeah, like um, so we, on on my side of that, we had um, three essentially three order players on like there was a, so there was a string of three tables like all linked together, and the idea was that uh, it was three like order aligned players versus three destruction players. I think they were, it was all iron jaws or orcs of some kind, um, and uh, the idea was that we were defending the storm keep from. A, a great big war um but there was the, the cool thing of like every time anyone cast a spell uh that gave chris playing zinch on the big table extra summoning points mm. um or fate points rather and um that so that was cool like you know every time i cast i don't know arcane bolt or mega boss or something um i then have to walk i i, I yeah I, I then walk over and give the chaos player um an extra summoning point um but then because the the destruction side of that did so well because it turns out that iron jaws good honest fun 
<laughs> like, um, <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> rolled over everybody. So there was me as playing Stormcast. Um, there was, see, in fact, I can't remember who was playing on that those tables now. There was somebody next to me playing Nighthorn. Um, and then there was, uh, I think, oh, who I think it was um, Nielsen playing um, Caledron. Yes, and um, but the destruction side just absolutely mullet. Like my, I think my game was over in about two, two or three turns, like, and it was about ninety minutes. Classic. Um, but then because they did so well, yeah, in the bit on the big game, so Nagash appeared, and then a bunch of orcs just turn up on the other side of the table, like because they <laughs> because they've just mopped up this stormcast resistance so quickly, they're able to then join this great big fight. It was yeah, just a very cool like moment. Um, just thing to be part of basically and feel like your your small part in it contributed to the mm. the main narrative that was really cool that is coming up on four years ago and we all remember it pretty well no it isn't no it isn't i think it is god damn we've got to do it again <laughs> i think you're right fuck god damn. yeah 2008 yeah november 2018 i think god what a world should all right, then. Well, I think we'll move on to the next topic, which is mine. Um, <laughs> and, oh boy, it's a heavyweight one. Um, basically, I want to talk a bit, somewhat generally, about historical games, because I know it's something that doesn't appeal to all war gamers. Um, I think there's some level of squeamishness, and quite, you know, fairly as well, with playing it or you know recreate recreations of real conflicts um and i guess i kind of want to in response to that not to like say to anyone you are wrong about this you should play historicals but i guess i want to talk about like why i find historical wargaming uh compelling um from somebody who is sort of you know I always consider myself to be a, a switched on to history, even now. After, <laughs> I've done a bachelor's degree in it, don't you know? It's pretty advanced. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I, I like to keep keep reading historical stuff and uh, you know cur- current theories about things that I, I studied and uh, how how I can sort of in in some small way tie that into wargaming. So. And I, I think we've got a pretty good split here between people what do historicals and people what don't. Um, so that's 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 good for that, I think. So, yeah, I guess I guess what I would say is like, I and uh, the only historicals I currently play are like World War Two ones, which is obviously like one of the more thorny, <laughs> like hey, I'm playing as the Nazis, sort <laughs> of. Uh, uh, yeah, periods that you can do historicals about, um, and and I I do I literally have a a, a Wehrmacht you know army of the Nazi states army <laughs> for Flames of War. Terrifying moment there. I thought you were going to say uniform. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, like Charlie from Always Sunny eating a banana in an SS uniform. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't got an SS army. That would be. So you know, say I haven't maybe, got a maybe... banana. I <laughs> actually really don't like bananas so clearly that's the one thing holding me back but yeah no so I think the thing that I like about um, like that specific avenue of uh, fuck's sake JD. we've sent JD <laughs> oh I've lost it uh, 
<laughs> so yeah, sorry. The thing, the thing I like about um, that specific thing, that specific like aspect and uh, uh, era of wargaming is, I think it gives you an opportunity to look at the reality behind the sort of myth of of what World War Two was, and um, you know, there's there's a sort of, and I think JD will be pretty familiar with this i don't know about the rest of you guys but there's there's a pretty widely believed myth that like the german army was like hyper elite and the only reason that they lost was they were just overwhelmed with weight of numbers and the soviets were like you know these asiatic hordes um and and obviously the reality is far more complicated than that yeah the idea that like the, the nazis were let down by their high command uh by 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 uh like this whole thing of Hitler being personally involved in, yes. in planning campaigns and stuff, and that's what ultimately led to their their fall. And it, yeah, it's, yes, it, well, which, which doesn't it's bear much historical scrutiny, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, Hitler did certainly make decisions on military strategy, and then his generals tended to agree with him. And when they didn't, they didn't like get you know exiled or executed or anything. So it's not like they weren't allowed to. Um, and then the the other aspects of this that I think is harder to sort of explore with like mainstream like wargaming formats is like the the belief that German equipment was this like absolutely incredible like world beating stuff, whereas the again the reality is more complicated and you know things might have been good on paper that ended up not being good in practice and you know the game that i play the most historically is flames of war and i think that really does kind of fall into the trap of like german stuff is just better um i i I think that's perhaps a is that perhaps a common stereotype of the bad guys i wonder i wonder because i do think like i'm i'm thinking of isengard for example but i think the other thing with isengard is they are like this vast Hordes, like yes, they're disciplined and yes, yeah. they're well equipped. Yeah, obviously there's obviously there's uh, Tolkien's usual. <laughs> sure, sure. But, As um, an early twentieth century British man, he has his own biases. Yes, yeah, but I'm wondering whether um, the some of these some of these things come in because we are so used to narratives that are the the plucky, mm. undergarnered outnumbered good guys versus the like look at um the 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 death star versus the bunch of individual yeah, yeah. fighters or i think i wonder if i that's think outnumbered that. certainly but i think the sort of technological advantage i think you certainly see going the other way as well like you mm. get the the few sure. um you know, civilized heroes versus right the absolute weight of numbers yes. and savagery and yeah, you know, all, all the horrific views. Yes. But into yes. that, you know, you can go that other way as well. Um, yeah, which I guess speaks to two different yeah. aspects of like what bad guyness is. Yeah. You're um, probably going to have an yes. asymmetry. Mm. Probably just through, through the yes. nature of it. But yeah, I think the good guy, point, bad guy. Point. I think you can set up either of them as. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Yes. Which yeah, no, arguably so, is what happens yes. with like the Soviet, right? Is that right, that exactly, is the horde of technologically yes. inferior, like horribly right. under but yes. only kept in line by even 
you know, institutional savagery and bru brutality. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. That's another angle. Even in well. the, um, even when you take it forward into Cold War narratives, mm. right, you get that same that same mm. stereotype of of the different and actions. you know that that comes into the other sort of historical well historical with air quotes i guess in this instance game that i play which is team yankee which is about what if world war three happened in 1985 um and yeah you very much get that because the soviet and eastern bloc armies in that are hordes and then if you <laughs> if you go into the the even more problematic fun time of the oil war expansion you know <clears throat> all the arab nations are like incredible hordes and you know the iranian <clears throat> unmechanized troops that you can field it's yeah it's all very uh yeah so like i i've dipped my toe into historicals a little bit by buying an iran starter box for team yankees oil war expansion um but i think that maybe digs into some of the bits of where I'm not super keen on historicals, mm. um, well, at least at least historicals that are set within living memory, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, um, yes, yeah, the, the whole the whole deal with Iran in Team Yankee is that more so than any other faction, you are relying heavily on your infantry to just go mm -hmm. forth, go forth in waves uh, and die in droves, but basically hold the objective and make and be a, an absolute nightmare to shift. Um, which, yeah, I mean, you can then ex you can examine, you know, bits of the Iran-Iraq war and so on. Um, and, you know, it was a thing. You know, the, the human wave tactics were a thing that the Iranians did. Um, right. But, yeah, it, it, it does lead to some uncomfortable soul-searching, I think. Um, that's what's, that's what's part, of, part of what's led me to abandon that particular project. Mm -hmm. I was definitely less comfortable when I was looking at source materials for my uh, British Army of the Rhine um, when I search results came up with it from um, oh what was conflict in Eastern Europe that we were in it been Kosovo uh, the Yugoslav yeah, Yugoslavia the dissolution of Yugoslavia yeah. in the 90s yeah P pictures from that it's like oh I was just trying to do a mm. Cold War gone hot like the right. army that was in Rhineland and Station, but didn't see, you know, an action. Imagine mm -hmm. if it had, rather than, oh, actually, I guess a few years later, right. the exact same stuff went and did fire. Or, like, yes. I was like, oh, I wanted to be a bit distanced from this. <laughs> Quickly put that back yeah. off. I got over yes. it quite fast, but. Yeah. Because you know, I, I, so, I come at it yeah. from a very different angle. I don't use it to inspect my feelings. I or my thoughts on it or the history or anything. I, none of it is that for me. It's just entertainment. And mm -hmm. um, it's the Mark Corrigan. Anything that kill, kill a man is fascinating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's an element of that, you know, so I, I find like tactical. Typing, an SAS man. Like painting camo on very Am small I? tanks and yeah. try yeah. not to think about it too much. I watch, oh, the, I watch the films of it. So I know that, you know, if I didn't paint this, I wouldn't be any less yeah. of a hypocrite about this stuff. So I don't, I don't, don't sleep get me wrong. It. I I absolutely love that yeah. side of it as well. Like I, as as a thirty k guy, I love recreating stuff that existed or quote unquote yeah. existed. Um, 
I am a person that finds military stuff very, very interesting. You know, I I am a white guy in my thirties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I I I I can't pretend not to be enthralled by that stuff as well. But I do like to try to use it as a way to like research more about the conflicts that it depicts and or the periods that it's set in. I think it's it's just a it's just a mindset thing, right? Like um it, i think everyone has their own way of engaging with stuff and mm. there's i don't i wouldn't say that any approach is wrong it's just it depends it's just what yours is right yes absolutely um, yeah like for me so the, my thing with like say for example bolt action which seems like a really good rule set that i'd be interested mm. to actually play i someone has to be the bad guy right like and i i don't i don't want to lovingly yes. paint a nazi half track like I, I don't, I don't want to sit there putting iron cross decals on a panzer. Like it's, it, it just yes. probably coming for me like because, this. Uh, this is the thing. Like this is why I wanted to front load is that I, I'm not coming for anybody in particular no, about of course, it. Like, of I, I, and I think particularly Pete, your approach to it is is a, is a really like admirable one. Um, and I, I, no one here is is you know the sort of person that does buy into the the, the wearaboo thing. <laughs> Of like the the Tiger One is the greatest tank to have ever existed. Sure, yeah. Um, it's yeah, but it, it's just one of those things where like my level of comfort with it reaches a certain point. Um, like like the you know the Iran thing, you are modeling with the with the yeah the Team Yankee stuff that I was doing. Like, I got to a point where I reached. I was thinking about doing mechan- some mechanized infantry to go alongside the militias. Um, and then realized, well, if I'm doing this historically. The ones that would be the mechanized infantry and have the better gear would be the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, and I was like, okay, there's there's a there's a level of this that I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, like so they've got their own yeah. fun history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where I reached a point with it where I was I was more uncomfortable than I was enjoying yeah. it. And everyone has to set those limits for themselves, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like I think, I think this is kind of where I sit on it as well. In that, the amount of getting into something I like to do for an army I'm painting, it or a project I'm working on, or a game mechanical system mm-hmm. I'm engaging with, is is high enough that I personally would feel uncomfortable doing that for the fucking right. Nazis, right? I would, I different people will have different comfort levels and i do not think that my own personal comfort level is where the moral line right right, right yeah 100 100 agree um and 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 different people will get different amounts into things there is absolutely people who could just uh bash out a bunch of Wehrmacht and put them on the tabletop as little mechanical pieces and that's yes we can that's fine obviously fine yeah but I think I don't know. I I do not think I have any leg to stand on talking shit about any level of engagement in that kind of thing because I work for. So uh, this is on my Twitter feed, so it's not private information. But I, for my job, work for Rebellion as a designer on the Sniper Elite games. So and hey, you my shoot Nazis project in that. recently was that's admirable. Yeah, wow. it's it's pretty anti-Nazi. Generally, but you made it so uh, I can play as a but, Nazi yes, sniper. I was right? the... That is true. That's a, that's a good point. Yes, yeah, that was my project. That was my project was the new game mode where you get to put on the other side. So that is, so that starts from interesting things like how do we how do we make 
you know, the first question was, how do we make the boss fights better? Well, can we put a person mm. in as a boss fight? And and gets filtered through so many levels of mechanical engagement that at um, at some point you kind of end up with yeah you can be that yeah. you can't you? <laughs> I think and people uh, have largely mm, loved it I, th- so, you I, know, I think for me pers- up on that one <laughs> for me personally though I think there's like so for example you know Call of Duty World at War or Battlefield Five or whatever where it is World War Two and you're playing a multiplayer, a primarily multiplayer game, so somebody has to be the bad guy. Like I, I feel like for me personally, there's a there's a difference between it going. You are on the Wehrmacht side, and so the voice barks that you hear are in German or whatever. Like rather than sitting and and again, like I say, lovingly painting a, a Panzer four. You know, I, th- I think yes. there's there's enough yeah. of a difference for me there with it, with the level of engagement that I'm okay with it in a video game, sort of. And it's a, the, it certainly yes. is a different level what of it, engagement, I think. And where do you as a player sit on, I am doing this thing, I am pressing a button to make a guy on the screen do mm. this thing, right? That kind of, I think that that level of separation really only exists yeah, exactly. in your right. head. Yeah, because I, I um, personally never think of myself as like personified in a game or no. in a war game. Yes, even yeah. more so. Yeah, like in the in that even in that specific battle report I was talking about earlier, one of the uh, one of the people in it had named his Imperial Guard commander right. after himself. Mm. And I remember even at even when I first read that at a fairly tender age, I remember thinking. <laughs> <laughs> little plastic guy it's not me if you're bad at war games uh, and you think nazis are bad <laughs> is it incumbent on you to play the nazis so they lose mm. so yeah so they get absolutely spanked <laughs> this is the, I, I the, the lo- logical extension of me thinking that like because i know the people who play like um uh, flames at war and they're big into yeah. playing like red versus blue like you wouldn't have British against the right, right. right? So that Pete yes. has a Wehrmacht army does allow that he could play his friend with a British or American army, presumably, and yeah. therefore if they had one, then they can reciprocate and he can get to play his. I imagine there's an element to it yes. of of that, but as you say, I think yeah. you're distanced enough from it that you're not like, I'm playing the Germans, you're, you're yeah. using the Germans. Like, they're your... Yes. Yeah, it's not Sturmbahnfuhrer Fienja on the on the, on the battlefield. <laughs> it's fine that you know the word. It's fine. Von, Fienja, I know Von all Discord. this shit, my man. <laughs> I think part of part of it never stop. Part of it is that like, so I know that if I got a Flames of War Soviet army, for example, and I played against Pete, I would I I know then that like I know the the angle that Pete approaches it from and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if I, I think if I played someone at a local store. I, I maybe this is overblown, but I would be worried about running into that guy who is genuinely like, you know, a Wehrmacht apologist or whatever. Like, it, you know, the sort of person who quite happily justify playing as the Wehrmacht by saying, "Oh, but they're just German soldiers. They were they, 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 they weren't they weren't members of the Nazi they were party." Only following orders. His, yeah, exactly. Like, I'd be worried about that sort of thing. And again, it might take on an outsized importance in my own head, but like. Do you know, it's really funny that you say that because part of the reason that I don't play bolt action anymore is because I went to a tournament 
years ago, five, six years ago, and had one really nice game and then three, uh, two horrible games against horrible people. And the one really nice game was against the guy that played the German army. <laughs> and then there was one one game that was horrible, but just because it was like complete rules flattening, I was like completely new and, you know, whatever, these things happen. And then the final game was a guy who got this incredible Belgian colonial force uh, and kept making comments. One about, um, you know... The, the soldiers he was commanding that were quite racist and two about wanting to catch up with my Soviet army that included some women in it oh. because they wanted to do things to the women. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that was a really bad experience. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember, I remember when I was looking into like team Yankee stuff, um, I found the team Yankee, subreddit and I, I avoid reddit generally it's just a matter of course but Sensible. like it, sometimes it just leads you there and sometimes <laughs> you'll find really good information there but i remember looking on the team yankee subreddit and one of the topics of conversation was and i, I remember i actually sent you a screenshot of this p because i was so blown away by it someone was saying uh how can i use team yankee to model the uh rhodesian bush war and I was like, mm. oh my god, no, okay, so like, you know, cards on the table. That's a, that's a niche Well, like, cards on the table, like, I think I, I have, like, a great uncle who fought in that war. Um, right. Because my family are white Africans, or from Zimbabwe particularly. Mm. Um, so I know the a lot of the uh, uh, problematic, you know, sides of, 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 that, of that war. Um and yeah, seeing this guy being like, oh yeah, how can I model this war? I, I, particularly, I want to be the Rhodesian de- Defence Force. And I was like, okay. So I looked on his profile because I thought, let's see. Let's, I've got a suspicion. Right I've, I've got a suspicion here and let's see if it plays <laughs> out. And it absolutely did play out. It turns Fast out, turns out. Yeah, it, it was all like proper neo Nazi shit. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> that's, and yeah, it's, it's, maybe that shouldn't impact my personal enjoyment or desire to play historicals but it it just does yeah it's like, hard not to because i i mean i i would happily play bolt action again but i think not in a sort of open i don't know who i'm playing against context and that holds true of all the historicals that i play now like i play with people from our community because we have a you know, a, a progressive bunch of users, and I, I'm, I'm like ninety nine percent confident that nobody's getting into historicals from our side of things with this like weird revisionist revenge fantasy. You know, what if I could be the white guy that killed everyone else? Sort of mindset. Whereas you do, you do, you don't know with the uh, with the general public. <laughs> they're they're a mixed bag. <laughs> Whereas I just want to do commandos. Yeah, I've just yeah. I've bought into O two hundred hours. Yeah, um, it's a fun night raids game, and I've started playing commandos behind enemy lines again. It's really good when you're grown oh, up yeah. and you can actually do it. <laughs> um, I'm like seven but, missions in, yeah, and I, a lot of those missions I never beat before. <laughs> I don't think I completed a single mission of that when I was a kid. Just cheated my way yeah, through. I definitely think that. Sometimes the historical nature is a consequence of a genre, right? That 
if you if if the commando vibe is what you're right. interested in, you're going to end up in World War Two. Yeah, quite yeah. More, more likely than and I'm playing pulp. Yes. and World War Two is yes. a big pulp setting. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's more yeah. more likely that somebody will say, "I will use the World War Two setting for this vibe," than it is, "I will make an entire yes. new fictional universe to, to accommodate to tell this. this story." Yeah. I will use this historical mm. setting. Right. Yeah, and specifically, um, I want to do the yeah, stuff and... from Where Eagles Dare. I want to do stuff from Commandos Beyond Enemy Lines. I want to do it from yes, The Longest Day. Yeah. Like, I really yeah. regret not buying the greenhouse. Which from I Sarissa. think is... They do a greenhouse. <laughs> if you like that bit from the film yeah. where he and his boots are on the wrong feet, it would be brilliant. That's all I want. <laughs> Don't need Deckhouse for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm having to do so much Google <laughs> this episode. Um. Yeah, and I I think so. Is that is that a that's a very asymmetrical game, right? But is it a single no, player? No, it's not. One? Is there it, a the, 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 oh, he okay. will so work up a... single player rules for it, but it is strictly two player. So you as the attacker you need a Fianna to play the Nazis. Yeah, you as the attacker yeah. basically have a lot of agency at all times. You can move your mm-hmm. people. Uh, you can do sneak moves. You can do advances. You can't shoot at any guards until your commandos have spotted them. You have to make uh, recon rolls. But also when you do stuff, you stand the chance of being detected. You roll a dice and it's got on it a face which says you've made some noise or you've been seen or whatever. I, as the defender, can only move my guards on a patrol or the non-patrolling ones. I can make a random direction move. And if I get two successes, I can choose which direction. Um, but it's all for me about picking the order I move. It was the it was the patrol route that I set up before the game. Um, and also I get some event cards. I get cards that say, um, actually, you stepped on a twig. Like any neutral results mm. you rolled actually counts yeah. as you've made a noise. Or the moon comes out. Or you got a Dear John letter last night. You might fail that willpower check. Um <laughs> Really fun stuff like that. So my card, or they reverse my patrol or or whatever. I I have stuff that lets me change what I'm doing, exert some agency, and also I get to play the environment. You as the attacker are playing against it. But what I can't do is go, oh, my my guard doesn't know where Tom's commando is, but I'm just going to have him walk into the way anyway. Right, right. Because I don't have that agency. I don't get to always choose the direction mm-hmm. people go. Um, yeah. And, until it, it kicks off and the alarm goes off. And, like... and until I start seeing you, sure. yeah. and then I get a bunch more agency and stuff starts to switch in my favour and I get additional dice, mm. dice rolls and stuff like that. Um, it's a really interesting bit of design. I think where it might yeah. fall down is yeah, if it gets that's... a bit boring for the defender, if you don't feel like you have agency. If if you're doing... If, if the attacker does well enough, does the defender not really get uh make does the defender get interesting choices until but 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 at its worst that's up there with oh i got alfred in aos or 40k like these games are not these games are not immune to i had all my agency taken off me yeah it would be aligned with i'm the defender and i got all the agency taken off me but you know still um it wouldn't be unheard of for a game Sounds sounds like it's got quite a strong protagonist because you said and you said using the environment, so it sounds like it's 
protagonist antagonist or even protagonist environment right as opposed to player one and player two yes yes yeah right when you get a pitched battle and it is essentially equal and balanced yeah so the defender will have it's, more it's discarding yeah. that in terms oh, it's, it's of, very yeah. much attacker defender yes um but it's it's asymmetric yes. in terms of what you can do not, as well yeah not entirely unlike player dm right mm. yes as in yeah yeah, it's yeah. a really interesting bit of design. It's the game that I'm most excited about in in so long. Um, like, I, I love my Warhammer games and never chance to, to play with my toys. I'm less excited about getting and painting these toys. Um, but the game is the game looks like a really nice bit of game design, and yeah. I'm planning to bring it to a run row and just have a, a stream of JD. Was it you took people through Kill Team? Um, yes, yeah, um... and people were like. Yeah, that seemed like really good. I basically want to do that for oh two hundred hours and be like, roll up, roll I, up, come and come and be I'd commandos. I very much look forward to uh, being customer number one on this. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd very much be. <laughs> up yeah, for this. you've you've sold you've sold me on it. I'm I'm on the website now. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so yeah, I've been building MDF yeah. farms. I got the um, radar defense set, which is built by Sarissa, but oh two hundred hours sort of uh, recommend it and sell it. I didn't know you could grow MDF on a farm. Right, that's the end of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> that's another joke. Crashes Aye. into the mountain side. Well, that, that wraps that subject up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, JD, shall we uh, talk about your question? Yeah. Um, so, I, I, what I do with all of my armies and things, and as Pete can attest, uh, RPG campaigns as well, um, yes. I like to just sit sometimes when I've got nothing else to do and just write little bits of like law and fiction and things like that around, around, you know, my self inserts essentially. Um, do any of you do the same thing and do, well, do you go to the same lengths that I do? Because so for my Slaves to Darkness, for example, I've got a whole like document that is just everything about them, like their history, their culture, like, the cultures they draw from all that kind of stuff and like all of my heroes have names they've got vibes um they've got their own war bands and things like that so like certain units in my army are key to certain heroes um and like same with stormcast they've got they've got like a history they've got a place where their their souls are mostly drawn from to create this particular mm. storm host mm. just all that sort of stuff like i i Go ape shit for it, basically. I love JD. to sit, just sit and do it. Have you shipped them? I have not shipped Ooh. them. No. Oh, okay. Maybe this. Maybe 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 my you maybe, go further. maybe my dark oath war queen and my lord Celestine have a forbidden thing going on. <laughs> Rivals to lovers. I mean, it's my slave, my, my slaves to darkness, and most of my stormcast are from the same place originally. So who knows? But yeah, it's I just, complicated history. Oh, yeah, I want I want to know. Like, yeah, if you guys do the same thing. Or if if you do it to the same extent, basically. Michael, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, no, I don't. I name my <laughs> heroes. <laughs> I name my heroes. I'm really bad at coming up with this. I'm just not a sort of. I've realised I'm not really a creative writer like that. Um, I'm much more. I I've realised I do all my thinking while I'm talking, which you know. 
mm-hmm. can have its difficulties at work, but um, I'm sort of creative <laughs> with that back and forth in a conversation, mm-hmm. and a game can be that. Um, well, I think that ties into what you were saying about your event yes. preferences. Yeah, exactly. That you like the stories that come out of the games as opposed to it being very set beforehand, right? Yeah, so I struggle to do this. I've sort of come to terms with it. I've realised I basically don't. Um, although I've got an event coming up in October and I was working out what to take and I was thinking of taking my Skaven because I've, I think I've never put that Doom Wheel on the table before and I really want it. Um, but I wasn't feeling super enthused because a lot of the rest of the army isn't that, that well painted. Uh, but And I wanted to hook into it. And then I can't remember the order of the thoughts. I had one thought was, what if my Claw Lord thought that he was a Stormcast? And then I thought, oh, he could name the Rat Ogres Bastion and Carthalos. And I'm like, yeah, I'm taking his army. <laughs> so, so that's what I was. So my Claw Lord thinks he's a Lord Important. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still absolutely <laughs> love that joke. You told it to me the other day, and honestly, I, I, I still just love it. It's so good. <laughs> and the other, the other heroes are other misheard Stormcast yeah. names. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, I think they... So, like, this is the, basically the fullest extent. I'm probably not going to write it down, but I've got mm. enough that I can, at the table, say to my opponent, this was the thing, actually, with the Liberator Primes. I was able to say, oh, my grand strat is to get one of my, you know, unit leaders down to just the one and then go and do something heroic. And I got to tell this little bit of story. That's about the limit of what I want. I don't get a huge amount from writing it down. So what I want for this is just like, oh, yeah, I've, I've named them... Um, Maybe I've made a fun, like, drawn-out card for them, but I probably won't do any any stories. I won't get a huge amount of that, but enough that I can give my opponent a bit of, like, an impression of what they are, a bit of a laugh about them. It's probably the limit for me. So that's similar that for sense. you, Tom. Uh, yeah, so I, I tend to... I, I do like naming characters, um... And do tend to try and pretend that they are consistent people. Uh, like my for my Imperial Fists, I've got a list of um, got a list on my phone of the character models in the army and what each of them mm-hmm. is called. And I do have some ideas for what their vibe is, what they've been involved in. Um, and yeah, so you can, if if you can stick with one project for long enough, which is always my problem, uh, you can end up building a, an interesting narrative for, uh, for like a dude or a couple of dudes just by taking them through a bunch of games. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, yeah. You do have to conveniently ignore all the bits <laughs> where they die. Yes. Um, if you see, if you see my Praetor being insta killed by a contender, no, you didn't. Got better. Yeah. I find I find um, AOS can be better for this stuff purely because you know my my two main army, well my three main armies for for AOS are like two chaos armies and Stormcast, and like all of them have ways to just come back. 
Mm, like mm. you know, if a Stormcast dies, they they come back. You yeah. know, they, they uh, if right. if a demon dies, it doesn't die. It comes it, it comes yeah. back. It, it comes back from the realm of chaos. Like even if like you know a slave to darkness, you know chaos lord dies. They, they, Maybe there was some magic they're, they're, spell to revive. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, or they're destined for something greater or something like that. So they yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah. So I, it can be. I was going to say, it can be a little bit annoying as a reader of the fiction, but um, it is it is quite convenient that the way, like, I would say, two in three grudge matches in the Horus Heresy end is by, like, one person being dragged away, <laughs> shaking their fist, both members surviving just yeah. angrier. Yeah. Korax and Logar. <laughs> Yes, I'm. I'm thinking specifically of Abaddon, who gets teleported out of places so frequently he should be getting. <laughs> he is good at deep striking, to be fair. So maybe that kind of works. <laughs> sure, sure, but it's it's the amount of time. It's the amount of times that it's like he's just about button. to die, and an underling. Yeah, he's got the the mark and recall, and an underling just shoots him out of there, and he's very cross about it. So I I mostly don't do this at all. Um, I don't even name most of my characters, but there is one project that I have where I've done quite a lot of sort of character building and stuff, which is my Imperial Knights army. And I think one, it's because the the sort of the fantasy of that captured my attention quite strongly at the time. Um, and two, I think it's because that project has a cast of characters which you can count on the fingers of two hands. So it's really quite manageable to do. Like you're not keeping up with like units and you know the seven heroes you bought, and maybe you bring four of them in a certain game. You have like you know three big guys and four little ones in any given game, and you can kind of just run that forever. Um, so I I have actually created like a full family tree. Uh, you know, different noble titles that all the characters have, and I've actually commissioned somebody to paint art or well, draw art of them. Um, so yeah, I I I do have that sort of desire, but it's very rarely expressed, I guess. So so no one goes to the insane length that I go to then. Guess I'm, not. I'm, I'm working up an entire history for this particular <laughs> group of chaos warriors. <laughs> I go to insane lengths. I, yeah, but not on this. Uh, like, and, and not in that <laughs> style. I've got plans for how I'm actually going to do my um, my army list for my Skaven. Um, it involves mm. red, blue, anaglyph glasses. It's, it's going to. <laughs> you've seen how much effort I put into the, you know, the draft tournaments that. Um, TTS ones that Chimp and I do. You've seen how much effort I put into the the like PowerPoint um, presentations for those. Like <laughs> I am not a man averse yeah. to sinking twenty hours into something that could easily have been done in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a question of where to allocate that yeah. that sort yeah. of sickness. <laughs> Great. Well, that pretty much leads us perfectly on just like we planned it, to the question that we've had from a loyal listener. Hello, tiny plastic people. Apologies if you've addressed this before, but my old brain... Fuck me. Apologies if you've addressed this before, but my old brain doesn't retain information. With the recent release of Horus Heresy 2.0, aka Rate My Primark 2022 edition, 
there has been a deluge of articles and videos on the internet about how to choose your legion, how to build a decent army, and how to make your army competitive, etc. I don't want to limit my question to the new hotness, so in general, how do each of you go about choosing and building an army? Do you build law-friendly lists or go for strength on the table? What attracts you to new armies and what advice would you give for somebody looking to pick up a new army or maybe even their first army in a game system? Thanks for podding, James aka Fatang from Discord. Thank you, loyal listener Fatang, uh, <laughs> who I speak to most days on the internet. <laughs> uh, let's start with you, JD. How do you go about building your army? Um, so it varies by project, but generally I start off with <clears throat> like which of the units do I think look cool? And then <clears throat> from there, I go into, right, what's their deal? Like, in the law, what do they actually do? And if I vibe with that, then I just go in on that. So, like, right. um, but it, it, like I said, it depends on army. So my, my Raven Guard for Heresy um, is very heavily informed by my interpretation of that particular story. So my Raven Guard army is basically, it's, it's post-Istvan Drops Out Massacre. So yes, I'm I'm going for no very no no terminators no tanks, um, very scrappy in terms of what gear they have access to because they've mm-hmm. lost everything on Istvan, like um, especially because I was reading about how the Raven Guard deploy like armored companies and stuff, and unlike every other legion, well yeah <laughs> exactly yeah they don't unlike every other legion they sort of had a, a very centralized system for using armor so armor wasn't assigned to any individual companies or chapters it was all held in reserve basically until Mm. they needed it um so yeah my thinking for that is like they've probably lost like basically all of that on istvan so they've got nothing Mm. left and they've not really got time in the chaotic events that happen directly after istvan um they don't really have time to, to kick their forge world into gear and mass produce new stuff um, so yeah, like for example, my entire access to heavy weapons is mostly wrapped up in veteran squads who get like right. one missile launcher or two, maybe two missile launchers if they're feeling fancy. But that's entirely it. So that so I, I want it to feel like I appreciate this. This could very well completely screw me in terms of like games <laughs> that I play, like because people like the cool things like Terminators and tanks, and yeah. I don't really have much that can deal with them that well. Um, but I feel like for me, heresy is much more about the vibes. Um, and, and I feel like that, that particular list building choice is going to pay off in that way. And it feels like, yeah. you know, this back is running around behind enemy lines, resistance movement, um, that's hitting the traitors where they can and then running away. And I, I feel like that captures that particular legion perfectly. But yeah, like that. I, it will shock nobody to learn that the way I build armies generally does tend to run around what story can I tell here? Like, what sure. what particular part of this narrative can I latch onto and, and build something out of? Yeah, that makes sense. Tom, how about you? Um, I think I think there's all there's always a hook. There's always some single thing that I can lock into and go, I want to do a thing about that. Um, whether that is uh, a a specific um, a specific narrative, my imperial fists are were 
designed around being the Saturnine ambush. Right. So I, when originally building them, I was basing it on that and still mm-hmm. keep that in mind. My voice is going, excuse me. Too much pot. <laughs> Potted too hard. Much too young. Don't know how to sentence that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, I think it would just be formed into and, a wrapper yeah. at the beginning or the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Here I was thinking my mounted jokes would end up I think it would be a combination, um, right, James? <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, what the fuck was it? Uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Saturday uh, ambush. Sometimes yeah. that hook... Yes. Yeah, so my Imperial Fists were originally based on the Saturnine ambush. And sometimes that hook is a mechanical thing. I can't remember a specific example, but I think the most clearly I've ever felt this was looking at the the Idenf Deepkin rules when they first came out and looking at the rule where um, you can only be targeted with ranged attacks if you're the closest unit and thinking, I want to do that. I want to I wanna build a thing around that. I want to play a game where that is a puzzle that I am setting my opponent to unpick. And I, I never actually did get round to doing Deepkin, um, but that was the clearest I've ever felt about a right. mechanic, that this is the thing I want to do. Um, and yeah, so sometimes it's that. And once it was painting, and I got those models in February, and I've not painted them yet, so... Maybe that one doesn't connect so strongly. Uh, that was my Tau, and I wanted to do them like uh, uh, Simon Stalinhag Tales from the Loop robots. Oh, yeah. With those bright, very sharp, bright colours with a bit of weathering on them. Um, very, very stark and just a little bit dirty. Mm. Um, I thought that might work really well with Tau description of my hinge profile uh, yeah i was gonna say is it want to claim that <laughs> statement hashtag me I-L. yeah exactly tag yourself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like there's always it's usually something like that and then i do a bit of poking around and go oh okay this has other benefits as well like oh okay um what's it oh okay tower gonna be really good and interesting to play yeah. so uh, so I can get them to paint and also yeah. enjoy that. Cool. Michael, how about you? I don't think I've... I don't think I've really built an army. I've accrued and grown just mm. a mass of Stormcast, which, yes. given that they're military folk, is kind of necessarily an army, but, mm. <laughs> but it's collection, rather. And, right, right, right. And in the sense that a, an army is also what you use to play war games with, I really, those are just formed out of it. Like I've painted specific stuff to go to Brotherhoods because that worked really well. Um, O and ten, come on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just add stuff to that, and even that wasn't done with any kind of maybe because it was my first army. There was no overarching theme to it there was no particular direction i just picked up started with the models i really liked did 
didn't paint them for a year because I was terrified of them. So did other models first. Like even when I love a model, it's not necessarily what I paint next. Like the big dragons and stuff, exceptions to that. Um... <laughs> Sometimes it's too scary. Sorry? Sometimes yeah, like the thing that got me in were you look at you look at the model you love and you think I've got to fuck the that things up. that got me in were the Palador's, the Griff Charger Riders, and mm. I knew that I wanted stuff in place. Like I, I've been pretty good at not being, not not letting myself have stuff because I needed to get good first. I've I kind of quickly realised that the way to get good was painting the things, and the way to paint things yes. was to paint the things you liked and. Absolutely. And I'm fortunate in my finances that if I was like, oh, those three weren't that great, I'll just buy another three and paint those. Like, I did, right, you know, right. that wouldn't be the end of the world. So I've been able to just crack on. I've done that like, I was only a few months into the hobby when I got my, I got the changeling and cut him in half and cut mm. a liberator in half and made Steve the most normal liberator. Yes. Uh, which is the changeling awesome mid, mid transforming such a good, back. Such a good model. Like I'd been doing the hobby for about about six months, eight not months. Long. At that yeah, point, barely any time. Uh, and I was just like, I just cracked on with that. And my big model was like Crondis. Like I had a plan, but I just got into. I was like, this is ambitious. But worst comes to worst, you just like repaint it. Um, so yeah, I just add stuff, and I'm in that position where if I want to go to an event, I I can pick 2K off the shelf, and I can now do it quite themed because I have best part of 2k of each of the different types of stormcast right. even, even like i can do quite specialist stuff but all my other attempts to do stuff like i wrote out um an ogre's list um mm-hmm. and i went for like all different sizes on that because i've painted uh Kragnos, right he's my only destruction but mm-hmm. he can go in any destruction army and yeah, I have no other model I can put him with because I haven't painted a single destruction model. He is your destruction army. Yeah, so I wrote out an army to go with him and it was a bit of everything of different sizes, Noblars up to a mm. Frostlord. Um, well, I didn't get around to that because I've still got the Skaven, the Skaven I've got some mm. ideas for, but I'm just so lazy. <laughs> so crushingly lazy. Like When I do get these ideas of like these high concepts they don't translate into me yeah. actually painting any models um, so what's the point that's not always true that's not always true they, they translate into me painting a model and <laughs> the model goes on the shelf so well that's a victory in and of itself it is yeah it, it just means that like yeah, when, yeah. It com- when it comes to this i need to just not be not delude myself that like oh i love painting this one model i'm suddenly gonna have a two thousand points a tyranid army it's like no you've got a broodlord great (laughs) (laughs) it's a nice broodlord but you don't have a tyranid army and you probably never will so don't buy it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's good good advice for the listeners there don't buy it (laughs) Is that is that the note Stop. we end on? Well, I guess I guess oh, I'll no, briefly you, go through uh, my. It was only advice to myself. You'll look fine. You'll go buy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my 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 advice would be very much do buy it because I'm a maximalist with these things. Um, I, I guess I guess I would say that my like, how do I choose and build an army ethos is just incredibly variable. 
Um, because there are a few armies that I approach kind of like just a collection where you're constantly putting things in and chipping away at it. Like both of my um, Horus Heresy armies are, are, are like that because I have I have a lot of both of those now, uh, and I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Um, but they are also both built with a sort of vague setting in mind, like they're supposed to be Siege of Terror. Uh, Blood Angels and Sons of Horror, so you know, end of the war, a bit scuffed up, um, you know, a bit, a bit scantily equipped at times, maybe. But um, a, a lot, a lot of my other armies are basically like, I like these models, and I would like to be able to use an army of them at some point. Um, I think a lot of my collections end up falling into the sort of like, you've got. A tabletop force and then one or two things you can sub in and out of it, that sort of size. Um, and I, I'm one of those people that would never really considers a collection to be finished at any point because you can always add to it. But that that's kind of where a lot of them rest at. Um, and then occasionally I will just think like, I'm going to make a list and buy that and nothing else. So I did that with my um, Osiot Bone Reapers army for AOS. Uh, I came up with a list that I thought was a good list, like with within my own extremely flawed understanding of a good AOS list. But um, you know, it's Petrifax Elite, so it's hard to be too bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I basically planned out a thousand points, uh, two thousand points of that, bought it, painted it in a very short span of time because I'm very quick when I want to be. And um, I've not bought a thing for it since, even even after, you know, a, a book later. So, is it a book later? I haven't had a second book yet. Are we still yeah, waiting on that? They got they got a White Dwarf update, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it, yeah, years later, I haven't added anything to it because that, 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 that army to me is like a sort of a project that I very much planned out and executed on i guess in a more general sense i would say you know because part of tang's question is like how do you pick maybe even a first army in a game system i really would go on um something that you mentioned jd is like what models do you like looking at um and if you can think of it in this way what models do you think you will enjoy painting because i think especially for people who are like brand new to the hobby Sometimes you can get a bit ahead of yourself and go like, well, I've bought a Space Marine army in its entirety and now I'm looking at all these boxes of unopened, unassembled, unpainted, unsprayed plastic and I don't know what the hell to do. I think I think starting with a bit and going on from there is a much better way to approach things. Um, at least for me. Uh, it's, it's much harder to like overwhelm yourself and... Um, it also means that if you end up not liking it, you haven't like <laughs> sunk yourself to the tune of several hundred quid. You know, if if you just try one 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 or two boxes out and it turns out not to be for you, that's a a, a much less serious prospect. So that's good advice for people in the hobby generally. I think like that's mm. that's something that I've trained myself to do now as well. Is not go yes. all in straight away. Um, so I, when, I certainly have done that myself as well, yeah. When uh, the first Slanesh Battle Totem came out, I did buy 
like basically all the new stuff so like the keeper of secrets the uh, mm. fiends everything like that i basically I'll bought one of everything bought, yeah please. pretty much one of everything and i bought a big box of slaves to darkness to go with them um back in the day when you could just put slaves to darkness out of units straight in without having to have a limit on them um and i think i owned that keeper of secrets for about a year and a half before i painted it um and it, it just it's it's a lot like I'd, I'd never recommend anybody to just buy an army because it's it's it just fair enough if you if, if you work like that then fair then fine but like i don't yeah. think many I think people most really people, do yeah i think for most people it'd be better to sort of go in drips and drops yeah, I mean, and, I had, in manageable chunks i had caradron thoughts a while ago like had it had a had the law the, the lore and story mm. idea for them and I was so I was all in on it and really excited. And then I thought, mm, I'm going to buy the Underworlds Caradron Warband first and paint those and just see how I get on. Right. I I started painting one of them and decided that I hated it, like right. because because my most hated thing uh, is base coating lead belt or base coating silver. Basically, I don't know why specifically silver, gold and mm. bronze. I don't have too much of a problem with, but base coating lead belt and stuff particularly, I really despise. And uh-huh. there's a lot of that to do on those Caradron. They've got lots of little bits of metal flight suit and, to, you know, whatever. And yeah, then it, so I'm glad that I didn't go all in and go, oh, I'm going to buy an ironclad and a bunch of Arcanauts and a bunch of Thunderers. I didn't do that. I just bought, yeah, just started off small, realized I didn't like it. I've never gone back. And that's good, probably. Yeah, I mean, it was a good time for you to find out paying an Underworlds Warband, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. As opposed to... What I did with the Caradron Overlords Army about three years ago, which is buy about two and a half thousand points at once, paint fifteen models, and then go, ah, oh, don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> and then sell it for a fraction of its cost to somebody else. Good job. Right. Well, I think that might be it for us. So, so don't buy it. Yeah. Is in fact the buy it slowly. That's what I say. Take your time with it. Tickle it. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> I was just thinking down. to myself, "Oh, good, nobody's going to make the joke." <laughs> so, uh, let's let's uh, go through where we can find uh, estimate. Uh, starting again. Let's let's uh, talk through to our listeners where we can find our esteemed hosts so jd where can we find you online uh i'm on instagram as at jd.paints michael where can we find you online i'm rogue underscore michael on twitter and insta and tom where can we find you online i am uh le swordfish le swordfish all one word on twitter and on Instagram, I'm the same thing, but it's L-E underscore swordfish. Nice. And me, you can find me at Fienya, F-I-Y-E-N-Y-A-A, only on Instagram, because <laughs> I banned myself from Twitter, because it was bad for my mental health. And ruined a lot of my Twitter fun in the process. I'm so sorry, but I had to do it for my own good. <laughs> uh, Tiny Plastic People, check it out at tinyplasticpeoplealloneword.com. And if you want to email in a question, like loyal listener for Tang, email us at thetinyplasticpeople, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
Bye. Bye.